paciencia. Welcome to the first episode of the Opinionated Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Crouch, and today I'm joined by my closest friend, Justin. Hey, what's up? For episode one, it took me a couple of days to figure out what exactly what I wanted to start out with, but I think a good one to start off with is our top five favorite movies. I have watched a lot of movies in my life, so many, and a lot of them I've forgotten, but this one I have watched so many times and i could i could probably well i probably wouldn't recite the whole thing but at number five we have the sandlot and this was a part of my childhood a lot i mean i've never i don't think i've watched the whole thing in its entirety but see whenever people would put on the sandlot it was always as something in the background Uh like people would like uh the teacher would put it in at a field day and then, like, halfway into the movie, everyone would uh, go outside because that's where the fire truck or the uh, ice cream and such. And uh, that's that's when they put on Sandlot. So I never got to watch the full thing. Oh, it's it's so worth it. They they made sequels for it, but they just they didn't live up to the first one. They tried to continue a story. But anyway, they're not um, they're no karate kid, too. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was released in 1993. And it was directed by David Mickey Evans. It is about a kid named Scotty Smalls who moves into a new neighborhood. And he manages to make friends with a group of kids who play baseball at what they call the sand lodge. Just like a dusty yeah, backfield, the sand. basically. It's the sand. Hey, it's, it's a sand lot. Yeah, literally a sand lot. <laughs> um, oh, who would have guessed that one? And so basically fans of baseball – would really enjoy this film. I was never big into baseball, but my my older brothers, my older brothers were. It was it was made in 1993, and like the jokes, they're not. You don't have to be in that mindset of 1993 to get them. Like they're pretty simple because nah, it's, yeah. it's a kids' film. It wasn't critically received, but it wasn't bad. We got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.8 on IMDb. Most Google users, which a lot of people don't really care about 93% like the movie you know it's it's more of like a, a crowd pleaser it's not meant to be a critically acclaimed like I mean it's a it's a kid's movie like you don't expect much from it it's one uh, of those movies I can I can always go back to and just relive like a childhood moment because it's just it's just it's one of those things like a nostalgia trip basically it's just the typical baseball like, coming of age story I guess just making new friends yeah, trying to fit in but yeah it's it's just one of those movies it's a it's a pretty easy watch you don't have to just sit like i mean you, like you said it's in the background so you don't have to worry about it 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 has its moments for my i guess number five it's gotta be uh the polar express Ooh, classic i didn't i don't have all the statistics pulled up like you did but uh oh i love the polar express when did that come out it, it was, was pretty that? early 2000s october 30th 2004 was the release date and it was directed by Zemeckis. And the, the animation, what blows my mind is that the animation still holds up to this day. Like, it's prime mocha. Yeah, animation. no, it's 
it's still good. That that's just a really good Christmas movie. I've pretty much watched yeah. it almost every single Christmas. One of the big old family traditions back in the day was uh we would go out to uh Nana and Papa's and uh like on Christmas Eve get the fireplace going, get some cookies, uh watch the Polar Express, then go to bed and then boom, Santa's there, got your presents. And it it was Santa. If you, if you say it wasn't Santa and it was my parents, you're objectively wrong. Yeah. Santa's real, duh. Yeah, um, he just comes when you're sleeping. What, what's the problem here? It was also a middle of the road, uh, critically. A fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What? I um, I mean, I haven't watched it since last year, of course. But like the soundtrack, I jam out to the soundtrack. It has one of the best soundtracks ever i I swear um it's apparently based on a 1985 children's book of the same name which i did not know i you know i think i remember somewhere seeing that oh my god rotten tomatoes is right why i I don't know why is it 56 percent? i don't know i have to look at some of these ratings saying why 63 audience score the schmaltz content gets higher and higher as if administrated through a drip feed until the end we are drowning in sucrose so I guess it's slow. Are they? Are they just? I don't know. This is why I don't trust critics because they're not always right. I don't like. This critics. is why, guys, you should never trust critics because you could like something, and the critics will just shit on it. Cough, cough. Rise of Skywalker. Cough, cough. That's a later episode, but uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's another one of those fan favorite films. Like it's it's just a classic. Like it has also aged pretty well. Like I said, the animation. But yeah, I, I'd say that's a, a that would be probably a part of my top ten. That number was... four for me, which kind of it used to be higher. It used to be my number one, but I recently <laughs> changed it. Um, my number four is Fight Club. Fight Club was made in '99, and it was critically acclaimed. Well, it wasn't acclaimed actually, surprisingly. It was a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes, an 8.8 on IMDb, and a 66 Metacritic. And it was directed by David Fincher, who makes some really out there films, honestly. Um, Gone Girl, Zodiac, Seven, Social Network. Well, not out there, but like his films are drastically different from each other. But I would say Fight Club was probably his most brilliant one, in my opinion. He's... He's the Peter Gabriel of the directors community. I guess you could call him that. Um, <laughs> but Fight Club is about a depressed man, played by Edward Norton, suffering from insomnia. Uh, and he meets a strange soap salesman named Tyler Durden and soon finds himself living in a squalid house after his perfect apartment is destroyed. The two bored men form an underground club with the strict rules and fight other men who are fed up with their mundane lives. The perfect partnership phrase when Marla, played by Helen Bonham Carter, uh, a fellow support group crasher, attracts Tyler's attention. It's one of those films that once you've watched it, it's kind of hard to like be surprised. The way he constructs this film and the way he tells it is just crazy. Like it's, it's one of those movies you have to really pay attention to. Because the first time I tried to watch it, I, I, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I wasn't focused. I was texting. I was doing something else, reading. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. 
But the second time I watched it and watched it all the way through, like my mind was blown. Like I can't talk about it without spoiling it because it's just it's one of those movies that you kind of have to watch. So you're saying I need. So you're saying I need to go watch it and like spend four hours of my day, two hours watching it, and two hours just pondering it. But anyway, it was also based on a 1996 novel by the same name by Chuck Palahniuk. I don't know how to pronounce that. So I guess uh, a lot of these are based on books then that's great for my number four it is the the rest of these are actually really recent uh the death of stalin <laughs> is my number four I didn't finish it it's I, I love the concept of the death of stalin a comedy about the power struggle after stalin died in the soviet union i still can't get over that they uh, cast nikita khrushchev as well they cast um steve buscemi as nikita khrushchev <laughs> what a lad still can't get what over a lad <laughs> he is the lad um oh it was i watched oh i love uh and also one of the monty monty python characters michael palin or not characters but yeah actors. i think one uh yeah one of them was in it i can't remember who he was Velakchev uh, so. molotov oh yeah molotov I watched, I'd say, 30 minutes of it. Like, I, I wanted to watch more, but I was just distracted. I didn't, you know. But it, it's it's a, just a well, recent comedy film. It was actually rated 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> the Death of Stalin is, the death is of more Stalin critically is acclaimed. Than the Polar Apparently, this is... Wait, it's more critically acclaimed than... Is, is that better than Fight Club? Oh, uh, yeah, it's better than Fight Club, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this random comedy about Stalin is better I mean, than Fight Club. Comedy films are just easy wow. to watch, but you know some people like to get offended. Cough, cough. Oh, okay. But mm, wow, yeah, it was it was uh, produced by IFC Films, which they are basically the CEOs of not giving a fuck what they want to air. Twenty seventeen, it was a dark comedy, runs for an hour and forty seven minutes, directed by Armando Lanucci. I, I would recommend it, even though I didn't watch it. But it it was it's just a comedy film about Stalin. Like, if if you don't find that hilarious, the death of Stalin, like, I mean, what are you? Why are you wasting your life? So at my number three, a Quentin Tarantino film, which it's a, it's a more recent one. It came out in 2015, but they recently released an extended version on Netflix, and it is the Hateful Eight. It is at a whopping three hours and seven minutes. Jesus. And Tarantino films are kind of known for its twists and turns and everything about it. It's just his his films are very unique. And this is like set in like a Western setting and like a blizzard. And so you get to know these these characters who are shacked up in like a, a little like a log cabin, basically in the middle of a blizzard. And you get to hear like each of their backstories and what they're all about and everything. This was released December twenty fifth, twenty fifteen. Uh, it was seventy four on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty eight on Metacritic, and seven point eight out of ten on IMDb. Okay, so the Hateful Eight was originally gonna be a sequel to Django Unchained, his Quentin Tarantino's twenty twelve film, but he just decided to make it a standalone film. Quentin Tarantino likes to – it would make sense because Tarantino likes to 
use the exact same actors for each movie, usually, especially Samuel L. Jackson. He's probably one of the most prominent. While racing toward the town of Red Rock at post-Civil War Wyoming, bounty hunter John the Hangman Roos, played by Kurt Russell, and his fugitive prisoner, Jennifer, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, encounter another bounty hunter, Samuel L. Jackson, and a man who claims to be a sheriff. Hoping to find shelter from a blizzard, the group travels to a stagecoach stopover located on a mountain pass. Greeted there by four strangers, the eight travelers soon learn that they may not make th- make it to their destination after all. The Hateful Eight is one of those films, like, if you, if you like your storytelling to be mainly through dialogue and conversation, I'd say The Hateful Eight is for you. It's another one of those films. I'm, I'm a big fan, if, if you can't tell, of those films that you kind of have to watch, really get into. And focus on because it, most of the time, nine times out of ten, it's worth the payoff. Quentin Tarantino is just one of those directors that just he he makes great great storytelling. Just he knows what he wants when he makes it. Um, you know, I'm just gonna say my number three is Look Who's Back. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that one. Oh <laughs> uh. uh, yeah, you know it. I know it. 20 made in 2015 the whole premise is hitler has returned to 2014 germany <laughs> and it's, oh, it's so stupid i love it seeing a guy dressed with like the hitler stash take, having to take off his his full like officer uniform in front of this like Muslim woman at her dry at her dry cleaner in Berlin, <laughs> and then just putting on this yellow sweater and jeans. Oh. It, it looked. Oh, it was. I, I famously got not famously, but in in my school, I I was watching it actually in school, and that was when I, oh because yeah. because there was this one part where uh, Hitler was hanging out with some. Uh, some African Americans, and uh, he started saying the N word. So <laughs> when I got to that part in the film, the librarian—I was watching in the library because we had online classes there. Um, she was also African American. She was behind me, and she saw all of this. <laughs> and so everybody around me—you, Justin, and uh, my buddy Shandon, who was going to be on the podcast—he'll be on later. They they were like panicking and shit, and I was like, "What's going on?" So I look behind me, and she's just standing there, and I freak the fuck out. I'm like, "Oh, I did I didn't know it would show that." I'm I'm so sorry. And I'm just like I'm pl- I'm like begging her, like I'm sorry. And she's like, "But I was just freaking out and everything, and I couldn't. I like literally couldn't finish the film because I was too scared that something else would happen." But uh, from what I saw, it was just – it was hilarious. Like I'm surprised this film could be made in 2015 because of like how many people would get oh, offended yeah. at it. And like Germany just like – No, I think – I think no, I think they had to ask a couple of people in German ministry like, can we make this film? <laughs> and I guess they got the go-ahead. It, it probably – But it was based off a novel too. That's the other fun part. Based on the best-selling satirical 2012 novel. That's hilarious. What what's it with these like sleeper films that are based on novels? They nailed what would happen if Hitler came back. All right, so for my number two, it is American Beauty. It's a 1999 film, and it stars Kevin Spacey. 
what sucks about this is that you know Kevin Spacey with all that scandals and you know touching little boys oh, yeah. and everything. Uh, this- no, I just remember the Kevin Spacey spent scandal of being part of Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I mean, that's kind of scandalous <laughs> enough, don't you think? Yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. Mm. But uh, um, it didn't age well because it's basically Kevin Spacey's character is preying on a younger female. <laughs> so like, how fitting. <laughs> He seems to it's, know his way around those, <laughs> those kind of films. Don't you I don't know. It's it's it it sucks, but it's such a good film. And Kevin Spacey is such a good actor, but he's such a terrible person for doing what he did. Basically, a telesales operative becomes disillusioned with his existence and begins to hunger for fresh excitement in his life. As he experiences a new awakening of the senses, his wife and daughter also undergo changes that seriously affect their family. It is critically acclaimed, and the film won Oscars for Best Screenplay, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Film. And it was made in 99. Basically, it's one of those midlife crisis films. It's, it's, it's really good. Like I said, Kevin Spacey's just a wonderful actor. It's a, it's a very twisty, turning movie. It's two hours, two minutes, so you kind of have to pay attention to it. But I recently watched this one uh, a couple of months ago. And yeah, it it still it doesn't hold up necessarily because of the whole Kevin Spacey thing, but it holds up as one of those those good films. Uh, Midlife Crisis. Does it hold up on its own? I I would say it holds up on its own. It's it's kind of weird. So if like you're unsettled about you know creepy middle aged men preying on women, which is clearly is a problem, you probably wouldn't like this film, but. It it really gets at you, honestly. You you kind of root for Kevin Spacey's character because he's just like fuck it, like do whatever. Like I'm I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do. I don't know. It's it's just it's it's a really good film. And what what threw me off is that it was produced by DreamWorks, the same guys who brought a Shrek. <laughs> Wait, really? Over the hedge. Yes, it is. It is what? produced by DreamWorks. I I I I didn't realize they were possible of making things like yeah it that yeah it's it's pretty that that threw me off i've got to say for my number two is gonna be uh 1917 that was such a good film when i get i got to go see that one in theaters Did you see have you seen 1917 i yet? i actually i watched most of it on my plane ride when i went up to wisconsin for the summer how far did you get i i don't know like maybe an hour in Watching that on a plane is not necessarily a good idea because you're uncomfortable and you know squished. And... Yeah, no, that that really should be something you like. That's something you gotta set aside time for yeah. in like your living room. But from what I saw, and it's pretty good. Like if you if you're a World War One nut like he he is, I am. <laughs> then you'll absolutely love that film. I mean, you don't have to be a, a World War One nut to appreciate to appreciate the movie. Well, it's just the fact that it's, it's good on its own. We we've been over this, but like, it's just the fact that there's so many like world things covering World War Two. The stuff that that covers World War One is just like faded into the background. You know, I've been seeing more of this. It's like, I've been I've been seeing games being made about the First World War, and then 1917 uh, drops. There's going to be a renewed interest, but it's never going to peak like World War II did. You know what's funny is that Sam Mendes, the director of 1917, also directed American Beauty. Oh, oh. (laughs) ah, hmm. wow. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, I remember seeing the trailer 
for 1917 back when we could actually go to fucking movie theaters. Um, yeah, like we could <laughs> actually go and watch. Them. But like, I I I could see the hype. It was it was pretty cool. Yes, it wasn't was. it like shot with like one camera angle or something like that. They, I mean, they they made you believe that, but you could. If you pay close attention, you can see where some of them are cut. Did you see get to the part where they go into the uh, inside the German trench? Maybe I don't know. It's been like in the beginning of the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I remember. Um, yeah, uh, when they go inside, there's a camera cut right there. There's a couple more, but you haven't gotten to those part yet, so I'm not gonna say anything. It is such a good movie. I guess I'll have to finish it on my own then. Yes, you'll have to finish it. it. A, like finish it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it right right now during the podcast. Eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and an eight point three on IMDb. So yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty critically acclaimed and obviously the audience loved it as well. Well, I mean, yeah, that like they could run with so much stuff for World War One, like I said, because they don't have yeah. much to you know worry about. I would love, I would love to see an accurate movie about the First World War, where your main, where the main character just sits in the trench smoking a cigarette, then he dies from artillery, <laughs> gangrene. You just see his gangrene. That's it. He just he gets gangrene and dies like <laughs> like ten minutes into the movie. Ah, classic. Mm, my favorite. All right. Very accurate. And my number one, which I recently decided actually, is. The 1980 film directed by Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. Uh, the reason I think The Shining is my all-time favorite is that, well, first of all, Stanley Kubrick is just a wonderful filmmaker. But, like, he's, I, I would say, what you call a method director. Because, you know, you have ma- method actors who are, like, they basically go to the full extent to live their characters. He's a method director. He needs a specific shot. Like, he will literally take a hundred to probably a thousand takes of a shot just to get the right one. Like he's that much of a perfectionist from what I can tell. He likes to put his films to like, he puts very different meanings in his films. Like it can mean this thing, but it could also mean this thing. Like the shining is about like, at least the film anyway, the native Americans. And because it was a the hotel was apparently built on an Indian burial burial ground. Or it could just simply be about a, a writer going crazy and, you know, just deciding to kill his family. It's it's like one of those, like, choose your own adventure, like, choose your meaning. So I, I really enjoy that because I've I've always been a fan of, like, choose your own, like, adventure, basically. Well, like American Psycho or something? American Psycho I wasn't a fan of, honestly. Like, I tried to get into it. I honestly didn't get the point of that film, like legitimately. Like I thought I would mm-hmm. enjoy it, but I didn't. But Christian Bale is a great actor. The Shining was made <laughs> in 1980, directed by Stanley Kubrick, like I said. And it is based on the the Shining novel by Stephen King, which was made in 77. For some reason, in my head, my head just kept saying Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not right. No. Hold on. Steven Spielberg, ah, what a lad. Um, no, it's Stephen King. Um, he he famously hates, absolutely despises this film because he changes a lot from the book. Like he got somebody to make a mini series, basically it was like split into three or four parts that follows the book more, 
but it just it just wasn't the same. Like it's it's hard to top what Stanley Kubrick did. And basically, for those who don't know, it's about uh, Jack Torrance. He becomes a caretaker inside of a of a hotel uh, over the winter, and he's basically a writer and he's struggling to write his book. So he's thinking that if he becomes a caretaker at the hotel. He'll, you know, be in an environment where he can just focus, you know, he can't, he doesn't have the outside world to worry about. He can just stay in and worry about the hotel. He settles along with his wife, Wendy, and his son, Danny, who is plagued by psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent on terrorizing his family. In the book... It felt more like the Overlook was like a supernatural thing, but in the movie, it seems like the frustration was already there for Jack. It's just the hotel kind of sped up, you know, homicidal tendencies. Well, I can still see the supernatural thing, especially when the guy unlocks the uh, uh, freezer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is still like not explained. Like, that is one plot thing that is kind of, you know, like, not very well known. Like, that, I could see that being a problem of the film because it it is really not explained how he got out of the the freezer when he was locked in there. Some think it was Danny under a trance from the hotel. It's really weird. I always thought it was the ghost guy. Delbert Gaines. I mean, he was. I mean, he was talking to him outside the door, yeah. Yeah, he was talking to him, and he was all... I, I found the whole bar scene to be the most interesting part. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, how far gone is he when these guys that we've never known, suddenly he's talking to, like, their buddies already? Yeah, exactly. I think it. I think it's more like it. the supernatural, you know, presence is there, but, like, him just going crazy and not being able to focus and just basically having his hallucinations because when when wendy barges in you can clearly see that the ballroom is empty like there's yeah, there's, yeah. but when from jack's point of view you see the the liquor and the bartender and the party and everything again it's it's just one of those like how will you interpret it but it's 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 so good it's like i said my number one film i i could probably constantly watch it Side note, I actually watched the, the sequel, Dr. Sleep, which I tried to read the book, wasn't a fan of, but they did a really good job, honestly. So that would be like, if you're a fan of The Shining, I would say go and watch Dr. Sleep if you haven't already. Uh, my number one is Joker. That was 2019. Yeah, that was 2019. Yeah, 2019. That was the end of 2019. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> well, with this quarantine shit, it definitely does. I know, right? I think Joker is one of those masterpieces of a film. I love it so much, man. It's, it's like, and then they followed it up with Birds of Prey because DC uh, can't have well, anything good. Yeah, I mean, Birds of Prey wasn't terrible, but it. <laughs> I would honestly rather watch Birds of Prey than Suicide Squad. Like that's that's just straight up. Okay, well, when <laughs> you're comparing those, but that's another story. Yeah, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast that we kind of excluded. Um, series and spinoffs because I almost made Rogue One one of my favorites, but I for- I forgot about that rule and just what I picked f- followed the rules anyway. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, because Joker's not really a spinoff; like it's 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 really its own movie because that's that's what the Joker as a character is like. 
it was also another that's how the the comic book writers wanted it is like choose what background of the joker you prefer well joker says that himself that he prefers his backstory be multiple choice yeah um and this i would say joker is probably one of the most realistic ways the joker could be introduced yeah literally about a failed comedian and him being fed up with everything you know just life against him and his life life kicking him down i really hope they don't make a sequel to it like that no, would ruin I'd, it. Uh, I would hope they didn't. But you know, Be- people want money and shit. So, well, I think that's I think that's what they were trying to do with Birds of Prey. Just capitalize on how good Joker was to uh, keep the well. Keep they the thing they going, wanted, but they wanted more of a redemption for Harley Quinn because of how like the characters in Suicide Squad were in- entertaining. Like everything, it was mostly prop. For me, Suicide Squad was propped up by. Uh, I can't forget. I can't remember his name. The guy who played Deadshot. Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith almost carried Suicide Squad. Yeah, he did do a good Deadshot. But anyway, yeah. that's that's off topic. That's another episode. But uh, yeah. Joker was actually a sixty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait, what? Yeah, it, it was not. Oh yeah. Oh, I I remember that now because all the critics were saying how terrible this movie is gonna be. And how there's going to be violence around yeah, it. Yeah, this is. And then I went and watched it. And it was like, what? Then they're like, ah, I just they're they're so offended by the simplest things, and it pisses me off. Yeah, do you remember when they were offended by the uh, Godzilla movie that came out last year? Well, not last. Was it last year? Is it 2018 or 2019? I remember going. Yeah, I remember the, going to they, see it. They didn't like the Godzilla movie because it had too little story to it. Well, I mean, it's it's a Godzilla movie. What the? What do you expect? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> You're not supposed to expect. Okay, that some that again. This is why you should not trust critics. You should trust yourself. If it looks like you a only good movie, trust critics when they only trust the critics when you uh, when they agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Like, watch it yourself. Like, I know it's it's a point where like you don't want to waste your time or anything. But it's a there's a point where you like if this movie looks really good to you, go and watch it. Like like YOLO. I, I'm I'm sorry to be like that guy, but like YOLO. Like you just I mean, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Joker, I, I could see that. It's it was really good when I saw it. It took me a minute to kind of process it, but compared to the downfall of, you know, Jared Leto's Joker and Suicide Squad, this was a big step up. So he's definitely one of the top yeah. jokers amongst all mediums single hand and it single-handedly propped up uh rock and roll part two by what was it glitter something what was oh, the guy's name oh, rock and roll part uh, two i forgot his name but yeah <laughs> the dude with the fucked up background um but yeah that's that would yeah. be the top five movies our personal opinion uh, do we do we want to continue with movie talk or what? Do you, I mean, do you, if you have any just random thoughts about movies, recent movies, state of movies right now. State of movies is really weird, especially with everything going uh, to streaming services. You know what yeah. I mean? I I agree. Um, A- after this what? whole quarantine thing, like it's it's hard. Like it's understandable that the the movies don't want to release too soon or too late or whatever i feel like 
what what I said at the beginning of this quarantine is like this is kind of a good thing for like artists, directors, writers, just everybody because it's a clean slate. It's a little bit of time to yourself. It is time to just develop. Yeah, new. I can I can see that. You, the entertainment industry is certainly being helped by this, especially with like video games. Well, yeah, you know, I, I mean, mean? it's it's just everything getting delayed. It sucks. But like, I would rather have something being delayed to hell and it being good than something being released immediately and it just being like absolute garbage and not what you expect. Uh, remember when streaming services like Netflix were starting to take off? How they were supposed to be a rival to cable companies like uh, Direct TV? Yeah. Now there's so many streaming services that Direct TV is probably cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, yes. Uh, I just hate that. <laughs> Because there are so many streaming service services, it's like you have to pay more to see a specific film because you know copyright and all that. So that really you want to know how you you want to know how you uh, fix this. Problem? Well, yeah, but we can't publicly endorse that because you know that's illegal. <laughs> that's but we're not we're not law, saying we're not saying that there is a totally random, not totally not illegal website where you can stream all of these uh, at all. Uh, we 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 and it's not www <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah but it, it's it's for the people who don't like have internet or don't have good internet or something that and you know they don't have ad block either <laughs> some of those sites so you'd want to get you'd want to run ad block on those yeah it very much so but yeah the the state of movies right now is pretty confusing um hopefully all this quarantine stuff and covid stuff just goes away and we can just get back to normal because i hate people saying that this is the new normal because it is not it's not it is, no it's it not shit this has happened before you know they seem to survive obviously even though they didn't have the medicine we have today but i mean uh, do you remember swine flu i mean remember when that was yeah. the big and thing? the ebola you know like we didn't go to this extent but i, I don't know it's mm. that's that's another topic thank you guys for listening and uh if you want this was fun yeah this this really was uh i wish we had one more person but it's okay um next time next time there's always a next time so just let me know if you guys want to hear specific topics that you want us to talk about i have some on the back burner i have of course justin he can you know pop in whenever he wants i'm thinking episode two is going to be about music but we're we're going to hold off on that um but yeah, hopefully I can keep like a regular schedule on this thing because the reason it took so long to put this episode out was uh, we we're just uh, me thinking about topics and trying to get people together, people at the same times. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the official Opinionated Podcast, and we will talk to you guys later.